Good morning and welcome to our Daily Word Prayer. My name is Tom Short, so glad to have you along with us today. As we come from Gainesville, Florida, where I've been preaching on the University of Florida campus. Had quite a nice day out there yesterday and some very good interaction with people about truth. We'll probably tell some of those stories this Saturday on our Daily Word Prayer. But glad to have you along as we've been talking about conscience. Today may be a difficult message for some of us. I pray God will give us grace and understanding and wisdom in how to apply the the idea of what do I do if I feel freedom to do something, but my brother doesn't? What if my conscience gives me freedom that something's okay, my brother's conscience doesn't? There can be a whole number of areas like this. Let's be honest. Christians, good Christians, can disagree on matters of conscience. I list, I've thought of a few of them. I hope I don't touch on too many hot button issues here or offend too many people. That's not my goal today. My goal rather is to say, how do we have peace and how do we work through areas of disagreement? For instance, how about alcohol? What's appropriate? What isn't? How about movies that are okay to watch or music that's okay to listen? How about voting? Who you should vote for? If you should vote? things of this nature? How about vaccines, masks, mandates, responding to these things? Personally, I have some very strong convictions on each of these areas. I imagine you do as well. But I also know people who have convictions otherwise or who have a conscience otherwise. And let's see what we should think about here. I'd like to start by telling a little story in how this worked out in a student group that I led years ago. Some of the students were turning of drinking age. They were turning 21, and they, you know, they wanted to go out and have their first beer or something like this. There were others in the group that were really offended by this, really upset by this. They thought this was really wrong. And there was, there was conflict in our group as a result of it. Was it right for them to get have a beer? They weren't getting drunk. Was it right for them to go to a bar? What, what were all the implications? So many issues came up here, the implications, the, the testimony. But what we found was that the two people who had the biggest problems with it came from families where there was a very destructive drinking problem. In both cases, a father who, uh, who because of alcohol and abuse of alcohol, was very destructive and abusive in their family. And so these two people had a very high conscience against any alcohol. They just saw it as bad and evil, and no way should any Christian ever partake in this. The others, they had not had that experience. They didn't feel bad. They didn't feel guilty. They didn't feel it was wrong. What do you do in a case like this? What do you do? Let's look at some of the verses that Paul gave related to conscience. He writes this, it, it, in the in the old in the New Testament, by the way, the problem they were having was food sacrificed to idols. And so, what would go on here? Let's let's talk about this for a minute. There would be these temples, and the temples would have uh, sacrifices that were made. They'd sacrifice animals to these false gods, and then sometimes the meat would be sold in the meat market. And so, the question was: Is that meat defiled? Is that meat wrong? Should a Christian ever eat that meat that was that had been dedicated to an idol? Well, Paul's talking in 1 Corinthians 8, and he says, those idols are fake. They're not real. That meat isn't really, there's, they don't have, there's no 
God there who has control over that idol. He was convinced in his mind, he was convinced it was okay. There was no problem with eating it. But he realized not everyone felt this way. Some people had been converted out of that religion. Some people maybe had come from those temples and were now Christians. And to them, eating that meat brought back thoughts and memories. And there was some, uh, there was even in their mind a power attached to that meat that they thought to eat it would be blasphemous. To eat it would be partaking of of that because the eating of those meat, that meat in the past was I mean, for them like a communion type thing, shall we say? It was a, it was a sacred act, and that food, that meat was uh, was defiled, and it would defile them. So what do you do? What do you do? Here's what Paul said. He said it was okay to eat the meat. However, he gave some conditions. Take care that this liberty of yours, the ability to eat the meat does not somehow become a stumbling block to the weak. For if someone sees you who have this knowledge, eat dining in an idol's temple, will not his conscience, if he's weak, be strengthened to eat things sacrificed to idols? Something he thinks is wrong. It, didn't, it, it wasn't technically defiling him, but in his mind, he was thinking it was. And as a result, to have done that would have been sinning, because that's what he goes on to say. And so by sinning against the brethren... And wounding their conscience when it is weak, you sin against Christ. It's kind of a heavy thought. It's kind of a hard, how do I apply that in some of these areas that I just mentioned earlier? How do I apply these things? Paul's saying here that this person is right. The, the, the person who can eat is right. But don't stumble your brother who doesn't understand what you do, doesn't have the knowledge, doesn't see what you see. Be sensitive to their conscience. And in our day and age, this is a tough thing because we face things that are right and wrong. And sometimes in our culture day, particularly amongst young people, and, and indeed, I see it all the time, and it's a very difficult thing, how to stand for your conviction and stand for truth, because as I say here often, our Christian faith is based on truth. And yet there are truths that a person might not yet grasp or understand and it's becoming fuzzier and fuzzier, particularly as the church is becoming more and more invaded by worldly philosophies. The, and, and, and people are coming to Christ so steeped in worldly philosophies of what's right and wrong. How do we help them grow in the church? Let's look at another verse. I think Romans 14 speaks a lot about this as well. And, and we're going to read much of the chapter here. But Paul's writing about the same thing eating, what's okay? This is a questionable area. It wasn't a matter of right or wrong. Both In both places, it was a matter of what was the person's conscience? How would how did they understand something? And even, and so let's read what it says, now accept the one who's weak in faith, but not to have quarrels over opinions. One person has faith that he may eat all things, but the other who is weak eats only vegetables. Well, do you know anyone like this? Do you know anyone who, who, for some conscience sake or maybe a health reason, they think, well, you can't eat this, you can't have this, you can't take that. And some of these areas of, that are questionable here that seem so obvious to the people on each side. That's the point. People on one side are convinced they're right, and people on the other side are convinced they're right on an area that we're not talking about like an overt, clear sin here in the Bible. We're not talking about like, you know, I, I'm, I'm okay with adultery. I'm okay with uh, theft. 
I'm okay with sexual immorality. We're talking about these in-between in questionable areas that the scripture's not crystal clear on. And yet, like Paul says, some feel one's okay, the other feel it's not. The one who eats is not to regard with contempt the one who does not eat. And the one who does not eat is not to judge the one who eats, for God has accepted him. The gospel is how people accept we are accepted. I know, for instance, many of us are, are very concerned about our culture. We're very concerned about the direction of our government. We're very concerned about the 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 decisions being made and that how Christians spend money that 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 give money to Hollywood or give money to corrupt businesses or things like this. And yet, these things, while this is an outworking of the Lordship of Christ in our lives, it's not a matter of whether or not a person is saved, whether or not they're, they're born again. And so here's what he's saying is that there's these some issues. Important? Yes. They are important. And we have to have conscience and we have to stand for what's true and good and right. But he says, be careful that we don't regard with contempt a brother or sister who doesn't see it the way we do or doesn't yet understand it for whatever reason. Again, it might be, like I was saying earlier, one grew up in a family with alcohol problem, one group in a family where it wasn't a problem. One, one person grows up in a family that's always voted a certain way, and they just see things that another, a family that's different. To me, I say, come on, get with the program. Don't you see it? How can you be this? How can you be that? But he says, don't regard with contempt someone whose conscience is leading them in a different direction. Talk with them, love them, interact with them. Don't cancel them. Don't say, I'm, I'm, you know, this is off limits for us to talk about. But be careful that these other, these questionable or, shall we say, secondary issues don't destroy your love for this person. Don't cause you to judge this person or hold them with contempt. Be thinking you're right and they're so wrong. They're not, you know, you, you just hold them with contempt. Be careful. It's happening. Maybe you and I do it. Like I said, this is maybe a tough message. As we go on, who are you to judge the servant of another? To his own master he stands or falls, and he will stand, for the Lord is able to make him stand. One person values one day over another. This is another controversial issue. How do you keep, what do you do on Sundays? Some people argue Saturday should be our day of worship. How do you, how do you, do you argue over these things? Do you hold with contempt? Do you judge? Do you look down on someone who doesn't do this, these things? Personally, I try not to engage in business on Sunday. I know a lot of people do. I try not to do, you know, I don't mow my lawn on a Sunday. I know other Christians who do. How do I, what should I do? Should I look down upon them? Should I think that they're bad Christians? What's he say? One person values one day over another. Another values every day the same. Each person must be fully convinced in his own mind. Wow. That means you talk about it. That means you share about it. You don't just let someone believe differently and never, never interact, but you do so in a spirit of charity, kindness, goodness, and help rather than condemnation. The one who observes the day observes it for the Lord. The one who eats does so for, with regard to the Lord, for he gives thanks to God. And the one who does not eat, it's for the Lord he does not eat. And he gives thanks to God. That's what we're hoping. Some people, you know, the, the things they do, we're hoping everyone does it because they love the Lord for the Lordship of Christ. And so what do we do? Be fully convinced in your own mind. Don't judge, but don't. But also don't, that does not mean you have to give in. You, you should talk, you should learn, you should understand, and then be convinced. 
For not one of us lives for himself, and not one dies for himself. For if we live, we live for the Lord. If we die, we die for the Lord. Therefore, whether we live or die, we are the Lord's. For to this end, Christ died and lived again, that he might be Lord, both of the living and of the dead and the living. Therefore, let's not judge one another anymore, but rather determine this, not to put an obstacle or stumbling block in a brother's or sister's way. I know and am convinced in the Lord Jesus that nothing is unclean in itself, but to the one who thinks something is unclean, to that person it is unclean. For if because of food your brother or sister's hurt, you're no longer walking in accordance with love, do not destroy with your choice of food that person for whom Christ died. Let's keep in mind, as I said, we're not talking about overt sin. We're talking about things in which you may have a strong opinion. You may talk something where you say, I'm doing this for the Lord, and it's hard to understand how someone else could say they've reached a different opinion on one of the, some of these matters, but they're doing it for the Lord. I go back to alcohol. I'm, I don't drink. I don't, I, I, I don't go to bars. I don't, I don't do this. And I know friends who they evangelize in the bars, and they go regularly, and they have a beer, and they sit down with a guy, and they lead him to Christ. At times, that's difficult on me. But what must I say? He's doing that for the Lord. I'm doing this for the Lord. There may be more freedom than I realize. I may have some conscience issues. He doesn't. I'm not going to force him to convert. I'm grateful he doesn't pressure me to have to. I'm not going to force him to have my opinion. I'm grateful he doesn't force me to have his opinion. And yet we talk about it. We don't just write one another off, hold one another with contempt. We talk about it. Why do you do this? Do you feel bad about it? Are you concerned about your testimony? Is this a stumbling block in any way? And, and he asked me the same questions. And together, we can have unity in in Christ and in the gospel, not, not just getting into our camps where we look with disdain on others. This is a hard message, my friends. This is not easy because we have convictions, and probably many of us have suffered for this. The, the people who had families that had had alcohol issues, they suffered for it. This was not easy for them to say, I'm not going to judge my brother. And yet the brothers said, the, the ones who said, hey, I'm 21 now. I've always kind of wanted to do this. And now it's okay. And I'm it's legal. and It's fine. Oh, but my brother, sister over there, this is painful to them. It's causing them to disrespect me. It's causing them to think, bring back painful memories of their own abusive past. What should we do? We walk in love. We walk in love. We don't want to, for our choices, we don't want to wound the person who has a different conscience issue than us. It's a lot going on a lot in our culture today. In so many areas in the church, there's not a unity. And yet we don't want to let God, we don't want to let the devil divide us, but we want to please God by pursuing the things that bring for peace and love. How do we speak up for the truth? How do we stand up for the truth? How do we, some of us who see things that others don't see, how do we do it? All does it take wisdom. It takes wisdom from God. It takes love from God. And might these things be ours in fullest measure. Father, we pray today for wisdom and love. We pray for wisdom to know what things are right and wrong and how to have love for a brother or sister who just doesn't see it quite the same way we do. Father, help us to know what is a gray area or a questionable area and what actually is right or wrong. Help us, Lord, not to add more to your word than we should, and help us not to take away what we should. Help us to be patient with one another. Lord, with those who are still growing, 
those who have not yet, it's, they don't see it, help us to be patient with one another. Deliver us, Lord, from canceling each other because of secondary issues. We really want to exalt the supremacy of Jesus Christ and the good news of Jesus Christ and the kingdom of God. And we really want, Lord, to have our love there be supreme for you and a love for your children that can overcome some of these areas where people in our culture have such strong opinions. Some of us have such strong opinions. Help us, Lord, now know how to hold those opinions with full conviction and yet to love brothers and sisters in Christ who just see things differently. We pray that we would respect one another's faith and conscience in Jesus Christ. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, and amen. Well, I hope this has been helpful. It's probably raised some questions in your mind. It's probably made, made some tough. Maybe it's kind of convicting. Dare I say, as I've thought about this and prepared this message, this is convicting to me. I believe God has given me a love for truth. Maybe some of my gift in a non uh, is somewhat of a prophetic to speak the truth. And sometimes I, I, I have a very high regard for the Lordship of Christ and that the Lordship of Christ extends to many, many areas. And so this is one area as well that I want to, to love others who may see things a bit different. It's tough. It's hard. It's especially if you believe strongly about things going on in our world today. And, and I know you do, and I know I do. We pray that our love for people who see things different would excel. And by the way, ultimately, that's how we win them. That's how we win them. So might God give us this grace. If you're new with us today, welcome. I'm glad you're here with us. We get here. We come here every day to get in the Word of God. Spend about 15 minutes each day in the Word and prayer. I hope this encourages you, inspires you, instructs you, helps you be a better Christian. That's what we want to be. We want to feed our soul daily and be strong and mighty in the Lord. So if you're new, I hope you subscribe to the channel, like the video, leave a comment, share with your friends. Those of you here every day, I love you guys. So glad you're part of this community as we're growing together and becoming more and more of what God wants us to be. Amen? So until we see you tomorrow, might God bless you, strengthen you, fill you with wisdom and love, particularly in how do we apply this message today. I love you guys, and I'll see you tomorrow. God bless you. Bye-bye.